Welcome to Greener Fields with me, your host, Hannah Nash. Here, I'll be chatting with people all around the world about the realities of life in your 20s and 30s, especially regarding what life is like living in Ireland or abroad. The good, the bad, the funny and the ugly, and everything else in between to help you decide whether the grass is always greener on the other side or just greener wherever you water it. Enjoy! Aoife, welcome to Greener Fields. How are you getting on? I am so good, thank you. I am so glad to get you on a podcast. I know you have been behind the scenes on so many conversation, Instagram lives, podcasts before. So it is very exciting to have you on the other side of the table today to talk all things, um, pretty much everything. We're going to try to touch on as much as we possibly can in this conversation. But before we do that, can you tell me a little bit about yourself for those who may not know you? Yeah, of course. So uh, my name's Aoife. I am living in Dublin. I turned the big 3-0 last year, which was, I'm sure we'll talk about at some point in the podcast, but it was incredibly scary. Um, And I have just taken a step into the world of freelancing. So in um, like events and marketing, social media. Um, and that was kind of the background that I had come from beforehand. Um, and I also founded uh, Sports and Social Mind with my um, good friend. And he's going to kill me for saying his name wrong. But it's Corvac Bon Brannock and it's Irish. So if I got it wrong, Carzy, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely going to be getting a message very quickly, Aoife, because even yeah. if it was only to the first few minutes, you would have heard that. Um, listen, Aoife, we know each other through through Sports and Social Mind. I went to one of the last Sports Minds events before the pandemic happened. And I remember messaging the page and being like, is it okay if people come on their own? And you're like, yeah, no worries at all. Um, and basically, since then, I've kind of known you and, and, and helped out and worked with you with Sports and Social Mind and all through the pandemic, which has been, it kind of changed my life. I guess it's part of the reason I'm doing this. It definitely boosts my confidence. So I'm just so grateful to be able to to know you, but also to be able to hear your side of the story when it comes to all these different things we're going to talk about today. Um, but before we kind of kick into the big nitty gritty part of, you know, Ireland, living in Ireland in your 20s and 30s and what it's all about. I always kind of ask people who come on to talk a little bit about maybe their first experience of travel or their first kind of most important memory um, and kind of try to figure out if travel and adventure was something that you always wanted to do when you were growing up or something that you kind of grew into over time. (laughs) <laughs> this could be one of those questions that could turn into like four hours later she said <laughs> so yeah I think I've always been I mean you'll probably and people will hear throughout this like I don't tend to do things the way I'm supposed to and I'm very much if I'm not happy or I don't enjoy something I move and I go to the next thing which I'm very grateful that I've got that kind of um good feeling kind of thing within me um but yeah in terms of traveling and adventure like it's always been something I've wanted to do um, like seeing the world I've been very lucky that I have I guess grown up in a family that loves to travel as well my dad was in the navy so he got to see parts of the world um, you know when he was younger and that's one of the reasons he joined the navy was to I guess see the world and, and back then like in the 70s and 80s like you know it wasn't possible to go to like Malaysia or Singapore or you know these exotic places so I've kind of been brought up in a family that holidays were really important you know, Spain, France, Europe, like seeing new places. Um, so I think because of that, 
when it finally got to the point where I was allowed to go by myself, um, you know, it was definitely something I wanted to do. I was a bit nervous, I guess. The first big trip, I guess, that's probably worth talking about um, was when I went to South America and Central America. So that was obviously a huge, huge trip at the time. Um, so I was supposed to go with my boyfriend at the time. Um, we ended up, sorry, I live on the canal for anyone listening. So sometimes there's ambulances and things like that. And it's really loud. I'm not being arrested. It's just... <laughs> yeah, so we, we had actually broken up and I just thought, you know what, like everything's booked. You're going to lose out in so much money. Like, why wouldn't you go? So I ended up going anyway. Um, and honestly, the worst part is just like getting there. But once you're there, I find like it was just so like amazing. I'm such a planner. So I basically had my first week fully planned out. And to anyone who is thinking about going traveling, I think that's so important. Like if you're unsure or you're uneasy, plan out like every day, like know where you're going, know what you're doing, have a routine. And then once you feel a bit more secure, you kind of be like, actually, like I'm okay just not doing anything for a few days or going here or moving on to the next town or you know, if something doesn't feel right, move off. So that was, yeah, such a great trip to do. And I got to do Brazil and Argentina, Colombia, like, and then up into like San Blas Islands, Panama, Costa Rica, Mexico, and then obviously Guatemala, where I fell in love with the country, stayed for like four months instead of four days. So it was quite a big turnaround, but it's just, you, you kind of find new pockets of home in different places. Um, it doesn't happen everywhere now. Some countries you'll want to get out of like straight away, but it's just you get caught up in the hustle and bustle, I guess, of the backpacker lifestyle and you're surrounded by so many other people from across the world and you just kind of flow. It's like a wave and or a river and you just kind of flow with everybody else. So, it was, yeah, it was amazing. So that was definitely one of my more noteworthy travels. <laughs> it's so interesting. The topic of solo travel is what I really want to delve a little bit deeper with you um, and, and to kind of try this conversation because I think it's kind of becoming more common I guess but I don't the reality of it the good and the bad is probably not spoken about as much which I hope we'll get into um, to write this conversation but you know something again going back to the reality of it all and I know you're so passionate about that kind of social media like what we're actually doing and how we're actually feeling versus what we're showing and um, you spent a lot of time you know, supporting the narrative of, you know, what is really going on and stuff like that. And I think go back to, I guess, your kind of original big life plan when you were growing up and, you know, maybe what you originally thought you'd end up doing, you know, 10 years ago um, and how that has potentially changed. I know from knowing you that it has, and I'd love to hear, you know, (laughs) a little bit about what it was and kind of the road you've taken to get to where you are now to give us a little bit of a sense of, yeah, I guess your life experience, to be honest. Well, <laughs> another funny topic. So, like, I guess going back, say, to secondary school, like, the AO, like, leaving stairs, um, like, I can honestly hand on my heart looking back, say that I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do, what direction I wanted to go in. It was so daunting. I remember I was, I had just turned 17 when I did my leaving stairs. Like, I was so young and to be able to, like, say I want to be a teacher I want to be this it just wasn't something that I could even comprehend um when I filled out my CAO form I actually think I put occupational therapist in Trinity down as my first like which when I think back and if anyone who knows me will know like no that's just 
Like that's not me either. Um, as much as it's a great job, um, it's definitely just like I wasn't like studious at all. Um, so in that sense, I never really had like a path that I wanted to go down. I think in my deepest heart, I always knew I would end up working for myself. What that was going to be, how I was going to be my own boss, like that hadn't really come into fruition yet. Um, but it was just how to get there and how to just get through life, I guess, and learn on the go. Um, so I ended up basically failing my insert. I didn't get offered a place in college. Um, I had to wait till the, um, like the the courses that didn't fill up did they're like we have spaces if anyone wants to like go and join so i ended up going to dkit i did three different courses three different first years um didn't enjoy it at all obviously enjoyed the party side of things just the study side wasn't for me um and just made a call with my parents i was like look this isn't for me and they were like well if you're not staying in college like you have to get a job um i was very very lucky to somehow land myself a job in KPMG uh, in Dublin, which again, now I'm not tooting my own horn here. I worked like in a department that I didn't need a massive amount of experience for um, and kind of just worked and grafted my way up. And I think that's one thing that through my whole work experience and like the last, what, I left school in college 2012, so nearly 10, 11 years, like I just graft. So I'll get my experience, get to a point and I'm like, okay, well, there's nowhere else I can go. There's no next step. How do I move up? If I can't, then I need to move on. Mm-hmm. And I was very lucky and I've been so lucky in the jobs that I've managed to get, like in finance, in the corporate world. Um, and then through those jobs, I found my love for events and those kind of things because I was part of the sports and social committee. Um, which I'm sure you'll have figured out that's how Sports and Social Minds name came about. Um, but yeah, through the Sports and Social Committees and then um, just trying to just navigate a path that made sense to get into these jobs and gaining the experience I needed. Um, did a little stint in London for two years. Um, yeah, I've just grafted. So I guess college wasn't for me, but like the college of life, they probably call it is um, probably more how it happened. So I'm still figuring out, I guess, to answer your question, like what I want to do, where I want to end up. I think it's a lot of pressure for anyone in secondary school to know exactly what they want to do. It's, yeah, like I've changed my mind multiple times and it took me a long time to figure out that events and social and stuff like that are my kind of happy place. So yeah, it's just, it's a learning experience, I think. And I think for everyone out there, like, never feel that you need to stay in the same job like you're not happy or you want a new challenge like go for it like nothing is stopping you yeah absolutely it's um you know I think it's such a crazy thing that we're that we're meant to decide when we're like 17 16 17 18 what we're going to do for the rest of our lives like when I think about that and you say it out loud it's like we are so young like we're still so young <laughs> and it's like as long as as long as we keep convincing ourselves that but it's how you've got to where you are at the moment and how, the road you've taken is so interesting to me. And I think it's a really, that's why I believe your voice in this conversation of, you know, uh, opportunities in Ireland and living in Ireland and traveling from Ireland is so important because you have grafted your entire way for, you know, the, the, your entire career, you know, for about, like you said, 11 or 12 years. And the kind of the thing that you mentioned there to kind of, I guess, start this kind of professional graft is what I'm going to call it, is your move from home to Dublin. Um, and I'd love to chat a little bit about that because 
moving within Ireland is something that I don't know gets spoken about enough because we see your friends moving to Sydney or London or um, like Canada, America and everywhere else in the world. And it's kind of like, that's like the move you make. Whereas moving within counties in Ireland is kind of a little bit more infrequent, maybe seen as a little bit harder, just a different experience. And for, you know, your perspective, how did that move from, I think it's Laos to Dublin go for you and that transition from, you know, living at home to now, you know, fending for yourself, working in KPMG, trying to figure out your friends and your community and everything like that. How was that experience for you? Um, So for me, so I lived in Dundalk, which actually isn't that far. I lived in Drogheda or outside Drogheda um, in a place called Baltray in Laos. And I guess having moved out and done the college thing out of home, I was kind of already ready as in I wasn't ready to just go back home. I, I had a taste of that freedom of that, like, being able to go out when I want, come home when I want. Not that my parents were, you know, super strict, but that freedom. And I don't drive either. So having that freedom of being close to things, because when you live in the countryside, you have to get lifts places, you have to, all that kind of jazz. So I was kind of had made that jump initially. And then when I made a decision to drop out of college and to get a job again, I, I did the commute for a little while and did the bus thing and the train thing. And Oh, it was just getting a bit draining and, and public transport can be quite expensive like it, it does add up after a while so it was kind of weighing it up and you know all that and I was like well look let me let's let's try let's see if I can find somewhere to live like let's see what's out there and obviously in 2013 there was a lot more places to rent and to see and um, we had a lot more choice I guess and the rent prices weren't obviously um, what they are now so I was lucky enough that I moved into an apartment with um one girl um initially and just kind of took it from there and I've always stayed in Dublin I've kind of moved as I needed to or when the job moved to different areas um and yeah it just I kind of although I love my parents and love home I don't know if I would be able to go back because it's just that freedom when you're trying to figure yourself out figure your life out you need to have that space to do that and Although it's lovely coming home to cook dinners and different things, like you just don't have that space. I feel like sometimes when you're at home and and now I know there are a lot of people that do live at home still and, you know, they manage and it works. But I think for me, I was quite wild in a sense that I couldn't really be put in, but I needed that space. I needed to find myself and figure out what I wanted to do and commuting back and forth didn't give me that space to be creative um and meet people and socialize and and do that so um yeah it 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 kind of just happened quite naturally which I was very lucky with um and yeah like I've been living in Dublin minus the two years in London but um yeah since like 2013 so hopefully that won't change anytime soon absolutely it's it's cool because I think like you mentioned there not everyone has the capacity or the, or the will or the want to move out um, yeah. when it's you know like intrinsically like it's in you and you know I, I would be quite similar like independence to me is one of like my top core values like I would really value you know I guess over certain amounts of finances <laughs> to be able to to live uh, independently from home because yeah I guess I guess I I, I I it's really important to me if I have the capacity to do so yeah you're similar to that but you know like you you, you mentioned before you had moved away for college and then you moved into Dublin and 
something that I talk so much about life in general on a daily basis, also on this podcast, is making friends in your 20s and 30s and moving out and moving to a different city and whatever. And the kind of common thread I'm finding at the moment is that a lot of people are saying that it's easier to make friends abroad than it is sometimes at home. Uh, yeah. And I don't know, I, I, I think there is for me, I don't know if, if the question is if it's easier or not. I think there's, it's let, like it's more normalized to make friends abroad than it is to make friends with people you do not know at home because everyone is, you know, they're from here. They have their own groups. Um, we're a small like, like country, like we're never that far away from each other. So it's easy to just keep those connections alive if we want to. But yeah, from your experience, how did you go about in, in 2013 when you first moved to Dublin? making friends um, and kind of finding, I guess, a community for yourself to to support your kind of like, yeah, living and growing and figuring out who you were in the process. So I guess in 2013, a big part of it was my job. So I made like predominantly made 90% of all my friends at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've actually found that like the older you get, the harder it is to keep like proper socializing friendships within work so like you have your work people then you go home like you don't tend to socialize whereas like when I worked in KPNG or AIB or those places they had a really good like core value of like people coming together and doing social events and you know going out and that that became like your after work drinks or you know going to classes to the gym or whatever like you do that um but I guess yeah as, as you get older like people have partners at home they've got children at home they might have animals or pets or you know different responsibilities so they're rushing home to get home like no one really wants to give up their time anymore um whereas when you're younger you don't really have a lot of responsibilities you're kind of like who wants to go for drinks like who wants to go to this yoga class like it's a bit I guess it's a bit different then um so for I guess most of my time in my 20s it's always been work and then that kind of I guess, relationship and socializing aspect. Um, And then as you leave jobs, you bring the people you're closest with on with you. And I'm still friends with, you know, people that I worked with in 2013. And then in 2014, like some of them are my really, really good friends. Um, Yeah, like it it just kind of, it's like a snowball effect, I guess, of like friendships. But then as you get older, it definitely gets harder. And, And I think COVID was not kind to us in some ways, but um for me it was the the birth of sports and social mind I guess online um and bringing people to that like yourself and and, you know people that I still consider friends and like really good friends and I've met I would say like 80 percent of my really good friends now through sports and social mind um which is actually probably not something I've thought about before but like it is funny that like you know a lot of the girls that I would speak to on a regular basis are people that I've just clicked with through through that so kind of I guess not and again that was not everyone who's going to do something like that but um you know there are a lot of opportunities out there I think it's just you need to be willing to push yourself into them which I know we can all be a bit scared and shy and we don't tend to want it sometimes but I think the giving out about not being able to meet people and there's nothing on and how do I meet people like there's so many great like female groups and men groups and mixed groups like on Instagram people order organizing events like we can't use that excuse I don't think anymore so 
Absolutely. It's, um, you know, I think probably one of the, the big things, the biggest changes in the last 10 years is the kind of now work from home culture and the impact that's having on our social life. Like for me, I've only ever worked from home. I graduated into a pandemic and I've only ever worked remote. Like I, I meet, I've met my team once and I've been there six months in my, my job I'm in at the moment. If that has, I, I definitely feel like I'm, I'm missing out on something there. Like the idea of yeah. the kind of company culture, the friends you would make in a usual, normal, whatever normal setting is anymore. And, you know, I, I definitely envy that experience. Now there, like you said before, when that left, other things came in its place. And that is where's the bird of, I guess, using social media as a tool to bring people together and to bring people yeah. um, now physically together after the pandemic and, you know, things like different events and hiking groups and all these things that are, are happening. And I guess it's the kind of, you know, the opportunities are there, but it's how do we get ourselves into the place where we can actually bring ourselves to go knowing that there is one part wanting to go with the other but actually getting yeah. there is I think something that it just comes whenever like whenever you've worked on yourself enough to have the self-belief and confidence to know that people are inherently good people and they actually want to <laughs> to connect more than more than you probably think they do but you know you mentioned this idea of you know opportunity um and we'll talk a little bit more about kind of community and friendship in, in a bit but when it comes to the conversation about Ireland, so frequently what I'm told when I'm chatting away to people who are abroad or who are thinking about going abroad is that they believe there is no opportunity for work in their industry where they want to be in this country. And I'm never going to be someone to say yes or no to that. <laughs> that would be, be not the point of this podcast, but the point of this podcast is to hear you know, other people's experiences of whether they believe there is opportunity in Ireland, you know, for the capacity to work and and for some people it's to work for themselves and to work in industries that are kind of new and becoming and I'd love to hear you know how your perspective of opportunity in Ireland when it comes to your career has developed over time I probably it depends I maybe I'm just maybe caught me on a good day but I think always opportunity and I think if you can honestly hand on your heart say you've tried you've done the interviews you've put the work in you've really grafted and looked and spoken to experts, spoken to people you know in the industry, like you've actually made that conscious effort and there's nothing coming back. Okay, fair enough. But what I find is if you really, really want something or if you really like want to get into an area, like you need to network, you need to connect, you need to sometimes create your own opportunities out of things that, you know, I have friends that have gotten jobs that didn't even exist but they spoke to someone and then suddenly that they they created a role because they felt this person was such a good fit. And I, now, I, I, and again, I can't speak for everyone. Like, I know that's not the way for everyone. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying this is like everyone's kind of cup of tea, but I just know that there there is opportunity out there. And I, for one, and I know my mom would always tell me, like, I never worry. Like, if I get a job and six months later, I'm like, no, wasn't for me. It was, I thought that it was the dream job, like took it on and then left. And um, like my mom always says, like, we never worry about you. Like you always get a job. Like I'll always find something. Um, And I think you just have to kind of keep trying and stay optimistic. And that can be hard, but, you know, LinkedIn is a really great tool. Like I use it to its core sometimes, but, you know, people are on LinkedIn because they want to connect. So 
if you want to get into events and you don't have the experience and you're not sure like have a look see who you know that works in that industry even if you don't know them connect with someone and just say i hope you don't mind the message like would love to like chat to you about getting and you know that's the only way you can do that because when i started out i had no degree i had no certificates i had nothing like to go off i had no experience and you have to get your experience from somewhere and that's a big thing i hear of his job saying like you know this person has the qualifications but they don't have any experience and they can't get jobs but they're like how am i going to get the experience if no one's going to hire me um which is such a like a vicious circle like you know they can't get off the roundabout kind of thing um so i think it's just you know connecting with people and you just never know like i'm very lucky with the people that i've i've met over the years and you know built those relationships so when i needed help or when i needed to go to someone for advice on a job i had someone to ask um and that was kind of i guess instead of having a degree to back me up i had relationships and people to back me up in terms of i've worked with her and she's really good or she's she worked on this project and it was that kind of thing so in terms of opportunities i definitely think there are lots of opportunities out there and for people that might be struggling you know to keep their heads up like my linkedin's always open so if anyone wants to talk i'm very happy to um but i think it, it yeah I just, I don't believe when people say there's no jobs in Ireland, like there are definitely, like, there are definitely jobs. It's just maybe trying to find the right one that fits for some people, maybe it might be the struggle. Absolutely. And I, I think, you know, you would be someone who definitely walks the talk when it comes to things and, and, and grabbing opportunities, but also giving other people an opportunity. Like you gave me an opportunity all those years ago to come on and help. And like I said, I, the, <laughs> The, the energy it took me to reply to that story all those years ago about you're asking for help. I was like, oh my God, what I do, what I not do, what I not do, whatever. It was one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I had to go out and get it, but you had to offer it in the first place. And, yeah. you know, that means there's kind of, I guess there's two sides and there's two, there's got to be a push and a pull for these things to work. And yeah. I guess the sense is that there, you know, people, people very frequently will help and will support and because they've been there before like we sometimes see people and you know this we've had so many conversations about this particularly in social mind over the years of you know we see people online with thousands and thousands of millions of followers and we think that they um are just above us and they have it all together and everything like that and that you know if you talk to them and you meet them and you have a conversation with them you very quickly get put back into your box to recognize that we actually you know we have a lot of the same things going on and we're thinking the same thing between our two ears and if people are in a position to help they usually do and that would have been my experience of it anyway when it comes to I guess opportunities in general but you know another opportunity like you mentioned at the beginning that you've had and I'd love to tell a little bit about it is the concept and your experience of solo travel um I think you know Again, something that you know, maybe maybe we'll actually start here is the idea that you know traveling is you're either you're either in Ireland living at home, nothing's changing, or you are in Australia on Bondi Beach, or you're in Vanier, or in the ski season, or you're in London with I don't know <laughs> somewhere in London, um, and sometimes it can feel, and this would be my experience anyway, that like it's it's one or the other. But something you mentioned to me when I first kind of brought this idea to you and like we're, I was hoping that you'd come on was this idea that 
traveling isn't exclusive to emigrating. And you have experience of traveling solo, traveling with friends, um, while living in Ireland, while working. And I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, your experience, I guess, of traveling, solo traveling, and kind of how that's the relationship with it has developed over time when you, I guess, made the decision other than the couple of years in London that, you know, Dublin was where you wanted to base yourself, really. Yeah, I think a big part of that was that long-term stint and what I would say was a long-term anyway in Guatemala. So, like, I fell in love with that country. I thought I was leaving Mexico and I thought, okay, next time I stop is Guatemala. We're going to do three days here, three days here, three days there, and then we're going to move on. That's it. It's done. Um, and I remember within the first three to four days that I got there, um, I just absolutely like fell in love with the place. And there's amazing parts about it. It's great. It's what I like. Looking back, I always refer to it as Neverland. So it's like this kind of place where lost souls go, like lost boys. And everybody's just there trying to find themselves and having a great time and partying and waking up whenever you want. And there's like no adults around. So you're just kind of, I mean, I know we're adults, but you know, like there's no <laughs> stuff. But like, you know, it's very much that Neverland feeling of like, this no man's land where you can come and go as you want you're you know living your own life and it's great and there's you know in, in Guatemala it's not necessarily I mean there definitely are elements and places within that country that are third I would say third world um but there's no like big cities or like brands or huge chain stores or that kind of distraction so you're brought back down to earth in a sense of you're wearing basic clothing. You're not dressing up. You're not wearing makeup. Nobody cares what you look like. Not to be your hair. Like, it's very simple. Um, So you really kind of get to reconnect with yourself in that sense of remembering what's important and, you know, having the latest runners or having the latest fashion trend or constantly having your nails done and your eyebrows done. All these things, like, they're really not important there. And the longer you're there, the more you, like, kind of, build into it and you kind of become part of it um I have some great friends that are still there and bear in mind this is like 2018 and it's 2023 so there are people that didn't leave Neverland which is amazing like they they built a life there and like it, it suits them but I will never forget the week that I left I still like I hadn't planned on leaving I hadn't booked a flight and I remember ringing my dad and just saying dad like if I don't leave here I don't think I'm ever going to leave like it was that kind of I need to get back to reality. Like I'm kind of living in this like other dimension um, because I was volunteering while I was there. So you kind of have a, a, a job that, so I worked in a hostel um, and they put you up and, and board and all that kind of, you're kind of just like rolling with it, um, which is an amazing opportunity. And I would definitely recommend it to anyone who wants to try. Like it's such a cool thing to be able to do. Um, but I just remember that day and ringing them and just being like, I definitely like need to come home. Like, sorry, that's a key example of the sirens that go down. <laughs> my but, um, yeah, I just remember and saying like, I need to, I need to come home. Like it's time, like my time is kind of my limits done. Um, like I knew if I stayed any longer, like, I don't know, it just, it reached a natural end. Um, and I didn't want to spoil the time by staying over what I needed to do there. Um, and I just decided to come home. I think I came home like three days later um, and we just booked a flight and I just flew home. And um, like it was nice because 
it gave me that realization that like life is more than that for me and and I wanted to have a life and I wanted to get back into work get back into a routine and start earning money again and being a human again and just you know having that bring me back down to earth kind of feeling um because then you you reset and you come back to Ireland and you go back to work and the routine and the job and you know what I would call is my normal life but that you know Neverland feeling is still there so if I am ready for another adventure I can go back where I can go somewhere else and, and know that I can have this kind of nirvana like place of just holiday vibes and traveling and then you know the difference is there so you you're enjoying your holiday and then you can come home. It's not like your holiday becomes your life. And then like, you know, it, it, you can, it blurs the lines then of enjoyment, I think. Absolutely. And that would be the experience of quite a few people I've chatted to so far is that, you know, the difference between travel and immigrating is that, you know, when you immigrate, you have to work and you have to pay taxes and you got to pay rent. Whereas when you travel or take extended, you know, travel uh, time, you can live in that nirvana for a little bit longer because it is a holiday and there's a lot said for that because you know particularly when kind of I guess we now live in a place and, and some of us have the capacity to work from home and things like that that our kind of lives are a bit blurred like the days of the week are blurred a little bit to me like I I know a couple of days of the week that I'm working and I know what I'm studying but the days and times like I do have to make sure <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm following a lot of the track because you know we're working from home and that's something where I think is, is such a is such an important thing to notice that where to kind of I guess highlight is that you can still have that sense of adventure, you can still have that fun and that kind of zest for travel, but you can do that from while also having, you know, in inverted commas, an, a normal life from Ireland. And it's yeah. not we're not mutually exclusive. And I guess when you're looking at social media, I can sometimes feel it when it's pouring rain outside and you've got work to do and you're tired and you're, you know, exhausted, it can feel like the grass is greener on the other side. Um, yeah. But the reality is that, you know, people on the other side are, are thinking about things over here. And, you know, I, I guess that is, I, I guess, 100%. the duality of life is that people are always, it's always going to be a to and fro. And, you know, they can coexist together. You can do both is something that is just, you know, it's really interesting. Like when you said it to me, I was like, you have to mention that because it's something, I guess, that doesn't get talked about a lot. But, you know, when we're kind of talking about this kind of concept of, of traveling and the good and bad of it, I'd love to hear, you know, I guess um, you kind of mentioned the highlight of the entire Guatemala trip and, and everything that is to be with that. Is there a kind of a, a, t- a low light or a tougher moment that you have experienced, either a feeling or a moment in general, about when you were solo traveling or traveling in general? Because, again, not all travel is amazing and perfect like we wish it was. Yeah, I mean, God, I'm trying to think back of like something that didn't didn't go as I would have liked it to. Um, well, I think first things first, don't travel with your ex. I think that's just science. Like it's definitely looking back, it was just very much black and white, and I shouldn't have done that. But anyway, that's obviously very important. Um, I think though a big part of that was I was still very dependent on him, so I kind of used him as an excuse initially. Um, so we did um, Brazil and Argentina together and a little bit of Colombia. And I think 
I was solo traveling and still meeting all these people and we weren't doing everything together, but like he was still there. So I still had like a safety net. Um, and I think when that was gone, <laughs> when we went our separate ways, um, it was definitely a huge wake up call. And, and I was kind of thinking, do I go home? Like, like, is, like am I going to be able for this? I'm quite like, I like to feel safe. I like to know where things are. I like to have that kind of security around me. Um, and I remember being in Mexico and trying to figure out, like, do I just book a flight home? Like, this is. And I said, no, I've tried Guatemala. I'll do that week. And if, you know, if I get through that week, I'll be fine. Just give yourself a week. Um, and obviously, <laughs> the week turned into four months. But um, I actually have been quite blessed in the sense that, like, nothing bad, touch wood, has ever happened to me on a trip. I've never, I, I mean, I've had phones stolen and bits and pieces, but, like, they're you learn over time that they're just material objects and you can replace them. Um, but thank God nothing bad has ever happened or I've never had a bad feeling. I tend to, I guess, research things to its core that there's literally nothing left that I don't know. Um, and that's my safety blanket now is when I go to anywhere I don't know, I'll have researched everything. So I just have backups in case I might get anxious or worried that I know how to get out of somewhere or I know where the train station is or what time the trains are how where I can get the train to if this place isn't for me um but yeah no I, I'm I'm actually quite lucky in a sense that touch wood and, and that never happens but yeah that nothing bad has happened um I've been in groups before in Colombia where like police have held us up and searched us for drugs and stuff like that and all those kind of things now I did obviously not have any drugs on me but um it's, it's just like a you know being in a group of people and you know if you're out with the group from hostel you're not on your own so I think it's a bit less nerve-wracking um so kind of looking back it probably was quite scary and I probably shouldn't have enjoyed it or like use it as a memory so much yeah. um but it, yeah, like luckily, no, I, I've actually been quite lucky in that sense that I haven't had many bad situations happen, thank God. Well, it's it's cool because, you know, I guess when you when weren't organized and you have things like so well researched, it's like, you know, you kind of, I guess, know to a certain extent what to expect. And then if you have a bit of flexibility, bring that with you, that helps as well. And Obviously, that is what that's what happened, and it's it's really cool to hear that. But you know, when it comes to the conversation um, about emigration or not, or what the story is, something that I really like to to ask is the impact of a lot of people emigrating on you. So for me, it's like a lot of my friends are either gone or going or thinking about going, um, and it 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 impacts me. It also makes me question things even more than I already do. Um, and I'm wondering, does, or was that ever something that kind of influenced your thinking or, you know, you could mention you were always quite out of your own box. Um, but yeah, how has the impact of kind of what seems like a bit of a mass emigration had on you, if, if any? So I think, yeah, like back when I left college, I felt like that too. So it was definitely like people leaving college, they were just gone, got like Australia, Canada, like you said were huge ones as well back like what 2014 2015 16 that kind of time and like obviously still are again um but what I will say is people will come back so you might think that it's like 
they're all gone but like they always come home like there's there's a few that have stayed because they've married and they've gotten their citizenship and stuff like that but like a lot of them have come home and want to come home and you know they want to settle here so like they're just doing their thing and finding themselves and you know I did like I remember I did the research for Australia and I thought like will I go and it's just too far for me like for someone who loved like I'd go there and do traveling no problem but to start a whole life it's just too far away from like my family and what I love about Ireland so I just it was never for me but yeah like to anyone like if you're feeling like everyone's suddenly gone like you know they will be back like I thought there's so many people that I know that left and have since come back and, and I think a big thing was like like social media wouldn't have been as heavy I guess back god I'm not that old but like we wouldn't have been on it as much I guess as we are now like it's definitely more like always at the end of our hand kind of thing now um but it doesn't feel like to me that people are away anymore because I see everything that everyone's doing all the time on Instagram or whatever so they might be in Australia but it, they could be in Westport or they could be you know obviously the weather's probably very different <laughs> the scenery is different but because you can see it all it makes us a lot more connected um so it's kind of changed in that sense as well but yeah to anyone who's I guess is feeling a bit like everybody's leaving or everybody's moving like everyone will be back and it's just their their stint away and you know when they come back they'll have to start again here and you might be in a different position in four years or five years so you know it, it's just what people decide to do I guess and what's best for them and um definitely like I don't regret one bit not moving away like I'm definitely not in any way here buying a house or anything <laughs> but uh I like I'm happy with the experience I've gotten here and like that the travel and the experiences I can still have and then come back here so yeah it's just different I guess for different people and maybe where they've come from or you know a lot of people I see moving to Australia seem to be from the countryside or like maybe not Dublin as much anymore. I could be wrong now, but from what I see, it is a lot of people from maybe more isolated towns or maybe places that don't have a huge um, life kind of social scene. So like it probably is a lot cheaper and more beneficial for them to move away than to try and get an apartment in Dublin because they probably won't get one. So you know, a lot of people do move because there's not really a lot of options, I think, as well. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's just, yeah, they'll they'll be back, though. That's just what I would say. Yeah, it's comforting because I think it's true. A lot of people do come back. Um, not everyone, but knowing that it's like not the, the be all and end all wherever you go and like you can change your mind and you can go a little bit later or you can not come back. There's it's not as rigid maybe as it maybe used to be when there was no social media. Like you said, we're probably overconnected. <laughs> we know what everyone's at, even if they're the other side of the world. And, you know, over the kind of the course of the conversation, the kind of theme of community and connection, finding friends, people leaving, all of that, that stuff has come up. And something that obviously yourself and Karshi founded was sports and social mind. And with it it has aimed to do but even before the pandemic for years is connect people and bring people together um, and give people the opportunity to share their stories and I'd love to hear you know 
maybe a little bit about the role that that development has played on, you know, your own sense of community and things like that, because you've provided it for so many other people and, and I'm sure we'll continue to do so in other capacities, even within the brand in due course, like there's just so many avenues you can go with it. But how has the, I guess, development and creation of sport and social mind influenced, I guess, your sense of home or your sense of community? Yeah, like for for a long time, I guess I thought of it as a business. So it was like trying to build thing and maybe it had potential to be like what I'll do for the rest of my life. Like I didn't really personally think I was getting anything from it until um, I would say the end of lockdown and COVID when I started to realize like I've actually made like lifelong friends through this, like yourself like Cloda Cal's like another girl that I met through I I think I invited her to Sports Mind in Galway in 2018 or 2017 and she came on her own I don't think I even spoke to her and then obviously she shared her story and I realized like she'd be a really good speaker and then got her to speak at um in Limerick at the Sports Mind that we did down there the Social Mind um, and like we're really good friends now and, and like there's a lot of other girls and, and guys that I've met through us that you know are actually like what I would call friends and like if I didn't have sports and social minds I would have never met these people Um, so I don't know where I'd be now without it um, it was obviously like as you know like we must have had probably 200 plus conversations in the space of two two and a half years um but it just that element of connecting people and like like you said there were people that I remember I was like Hannah today I'm going to make you do a conversation with this person and you're like um I don't really know this person and I'm not really sure if I have you know anything in common and I was like but that's the point like it'll bring you to into someone's life that you maybe wouldn't have connected with and then you'll find all the similarities that you already have with that person um, and that's like the common ground that I find that like not everyone found now as you know there were some awkward conversations but like a lot of the people found that they were like oh my god like I didn't think she was going to be so down to earth and I was going to have so much in common with and you know there are people that have met through social mind and sports mind like not like including me but like they've connected you know through it and became friends and you know are hanging out and are in contact with each other and you know that's so nice to see that we were able to facilitate that especially during a time that like was particularly hard for a lot of people um like I don't know what I would have done for those like that year and a half or that two years that we were in lockdown if I didn't have sports and social mind because like we were that was like a, a well-oiled machine by the time we finished um you know, and, and from the Instagram live conversations to then moving on to the podcast, to doing that event where we finally got to get everyone together in Galway and meet people in real life again. Um, you know, it was it was the lifesaver, I think, for for a lot of us. Um, you know, and as you know, there are conversations there now that will probably be, you know, go down and not history, but like people will remember them and people who have passed away you know, that we've done, like had those difficult conversations with and are no longer with us. So it just shows the importance of what we did. Um, Yeah, and it just, it's wild. Like 
it's kind of a pinch me thing sometimes but it's like we did that like we actually did that <laughs> so yeah it's it's cool and who knows like what will be next i have actually no idea so <laughs> <laughs> You know, it definitely is a thing and that would be my feeling towards it as well. And particularly, like you mentioned, thinking about the conversations that we had with, was it rather people telling their story for the first time or people who have passed? Like, I can't cope with that. I find that like so amazing that we had such buy-in from people. People believed in us enough to want to, you know, platform that, you know, that was created over years of work um to tell their story and and I remember like some of those lives and the, and the engagement you would get and the people that would watch it and it, it kind of but it became as it, as it was like you know I exercise on ex- whatever days of the week I was on social line next other days of the week whatever it was a Monday Wednesday and Friday or something like that so during the peak and all the two no- November um campaigns we did and everything they really mattered and they did connect us when we couldn't physically connect and it was just it was such a cool use of social media for good. Um, and that whole social sports mind is, I think, encapsulates using social media as a means to actually connect, you know, when we can, but maybe even when we can't and things like that. And it was just an incredible experience. And like, like you said, there's so many people you've met and I've met because of it that like you, your life wouldn't be the same. I don't think my life wouldn't be the same without it. I definitely, I definitely learned it so much and, um, yeah, it's just it's it's so cool. And like through all your experiences, like you said, you you have lived in Dublin, um, traveled with abroad, traveled solo, traveled with friends, at uh, changed career, changed career again. You know, you like you mentioned at the start of the podcast, you recently turned thirty. And I think before we finish, I think it's really important to touch on turning thirty and how it's you know how, how that impacts you because I think sometimes these things are made to seem absolutely terrifying whatever they are in the media but I'd like to hear you know maybe the positive experience if if it was positive I'm sure it was of, of you know turning 30 living in Ireland and what that has meant for you when it comes to I guess yeah just living in Ireland and how it's made you feel yeah I mean oh, it is like there's definitely pressures like don't get me wrong and I hope people don't think that I'm just like living in this bubble of like positivity like there are days where I'm like if you're 30 like what are you doing with your life like there are people that are buying houses and people are getting engaged and buying or like adopting pets and you know living this adult's life and I'm like do I need to go to the shop to get more eggs for dinner like it's literally like I'm just not there and I think one of the big things I've had to learn in the last year because it's actually it's nearly my birthday so I'm no longer going to be 30 I'm going to be 31 which is even worse um was that like I had to slow down and like really remember to go at my own pace. It doesn't matter. And like, this is something I genuinely have to tell myself regularly. Like, this isn't just like, oh yeah, I told myself and then I'm fine. It's a regular thing of, okay, yeah, cool. She got engaged or yeah, she got a great promotion and she's living the high life. Like that's her and something might happen and her life will change and she might be thinking the same thing about you and you know, we're all kind of comparing each other. And that's a big thing that I guess social media has done is we're all comparing the our timing of everything against each other. And I've really had to kind of slow down and be like, go at the pace that you're able to go at. Like, don't burn yourself out. Don't be stressing. Don't self-sabotage things because you want to get somewhere faster. Like, and that's something I'm notorious for. 
I know there'll be people laughing at me for this, but like I am someone who sees the destination sometimes and forgets the journey. And it's like, how do I get there as fast as I can get there? Like, what's the what's the the easiest way to get there? So slowing down is key when you start to panic like that. Absolutely. And I guess, you know, coming towards the end of the podcast, I always try to ask people if they had any bit of advice for themselves, if they knew you know, knew then what they now know when it comes to just, you know, any aspect of your life. And I'm guessing slowing down is part of it. But yeah, what bit of advice would you have given your younger self if you knew then what you now know? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what? And it's funny because we ask this question to so many people and I've never thought about it for my own self. What would I tell my younger self? Just that, like, it's okay to, like, pave your own path. That, you know you're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things wrong. You're going to pick the wrong job. You're go- you're like, mistakes are going to happen. But like, just because someone else has made no mistakes, it doesn't make you any less of a person or it doesn't make you any less amazing. Um, You know, we all have different paths and no one, like not one of our paths is the exact same. So, you know, be confident in, in that. And yeah, just try not to judge yourself against others I guess in that sense I love it and it's so true I think it we, we can we get very critical very fast when we start comparing ourselves to others but also judging ourselves for just being ourselves and I pull my hand up and say I have done that a lot and I it's a constant it's a constant work in progress slash awareness creator of mine but you know when it comes to the future and I'm someone who like you said I, I do also look at the destination um, and I try to enjoy the journey are there any hopes and dreams that stand out for you that you, you know, are hoping for in the next few weeks, months or years? <laughs> to be, I guess, healthy and obviously still very much like just working hard and, and kind of keep on moving. Um, Like life is such a gift and that's such a cheesy thing to say. Like we have no idea how long we have. We have no idea, like, you know, what's going to be thrown at us. So like we really need to just enjoy each day as it comes and and not be so fixated on I want a I want a husband at this age and I want a house at this age. So I think it's just enjoying enjoying it more so than and trying to plan for everything because I did that for a long time and tried to make plans for everything. And when they don't happen, it can be a bit upsetting and you know, it can be a bit like disappointing when you don't hit those milestones. But, you know, you may have hit other milestones on the way there that you're completely ignoring so um yeah just to be healthy and and happy I think really whatever else is is a bonus yeah and I guess whatever else well whatever else my gosh (laughs) my lack of ability to speak whatever else really and I think yeah (laughs) it's you know it's so true I think the cheesy quotes are cheesy and well reversed because they they, they're the most important ones you know and I think it's so true when you say things like you know and try to enjoy the journey it's not necessarily always about the destination you know take each day six months don't judge yourself try not to compare and those are really important things that we can I guess try to work on because yeah none of us are none of us are perfect and there is definitely always room for improvement but I guess you know if you're you're not judging yourself too harshly in the process of trying to figure it all out because I guess the whole point of this podcast is to highlight that we're all thinking we're row oh, <laughs> you know there are people that I have conversations with that are older than me and 
you know, they're still trying to figure it out, which gives me hope. So like, you know, I'm not, again, I'm definitely not old. <laughs> I know, like, you know, I thought I would be at a different place in my life by 30. Like, you know, 100%. And it's, it's what is instilled in us when we're younger. You think, I'm going to have a house and I'm going to have a husband and children and it's going to be this perfect life. Um, but times are changing and that's just not the norm anymore. So I think for anyone out there like like that, and that's what, again, what we try to instill in our conversations in sports and social mind is that like we're all pretty much going through the exact same thing just at different times. Um, you know, we don't all hit the same chapter at the same time, but it's essentially like we all have we all have hiccups and bumps and mountains and roads that come in different forms. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's just the wave of life that we all are, the roller coasters, people call it, of life. Um, but yeah. The ups and downs, I guess, the ebbs and flows and everything between. It's like I said, it's it's, it's the most amazing times and also the lowest of lows like there's everything in between and we all are experiencing it at a different pace and at a different capacity and I guess if we're a little bit kinder to ourselves and to other people as well in the process um it can probably make the best parts and the worst parts a little bit easier to handle but you know listen I have completely loved this conversation it has been so great to have you on the other side of all this and listening about every single you know hearing about all your stories and your reality your thoughts different things you've done over the last few years where you hope to go and I guess everything in between has been an absolute honor so thank you so much for joining me on fields no problem thank you so much for having me and I'm definitely very nervous but you made it such a pleasure to talk about everything so thank you thank you so much for listening to yet another episode of greener fields to get involved follow us on instagram at greener fields and let us know who you'd like us to talk to next Thank you so much again and I'll chat to you really soon.